When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. Just like your family treats you, find your health family at NorthMemorial.com slash family. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Very, very explosive offensively. They got a good return game. They've got uh, really fast receivers, athletes, runners. Defensively, they're a team that takes the ball away. They've done a great job in the red zone as far as uh, turnovers in the red zone. And uh, they've amped their blitzing up the last few weeks. And so uh, we're going to have to play really well uh, on the road to win. All right, welcome into Purple Daily. Matthew Collar here, and the uh, video is out of Patrick Mahomes trying to run. And now I'm a pretty good-looking runner, okay? Like, if, if I go jogging, it looks like somebody who has done a little sportsing. I'm not saying I'm a pro athlete like you say, Drosenfels. I'm saying that it looks like, oh, that person did you say, has... Did you say done some, done some, sports some sportsing some athletic things in my life like okay so i have a regular run i could demonstrate for everyone we're on a video stream if we want to it's a regular run all right watching patrick mahomes run today on this video of him warming up for practice that's not a regular sports run like i know one when i see one that's not one that looks like someone who hasn't ever really run in their life and they don't know what knees should be doing at that point and uh, that makes me think, Sage, that Patrick Mahomes is not going to be playing on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. I have not seen this video, but I will. I look tweeted it. it. Go as, look at uh, it. That is not a regular man it run. It's not check an it out on run. Twitter, where all the uh, the facts and information is out on the Twitter. <laughs> Sometimes, um, but uh, I, I will say this: I saw him during warmups last week, and and they were just showing him. He was throwing the ball around with some teammates, and more just sort of standing there, th- standing there throwing. Uh, but he sort of hopped around a few times and, and, you know, sort of landed on his, I think it was his right leg and didn't want his, like, left leg to come down when he sort of jumped up for a ball or something. So, you know, you, you, you can sort of hide it until you actually have to do something and then you go, okay, I'm going to fully land on my right leg here, uh, and protect the, the one that was injured, the left one, I believe. So, um, it didn't, I didn't think at that time, um, just a few days ago that, you know, that didn't look like he'd be ready to go in, you know, eight or nine days or, or what? Did they have the Thursday night game? Was it the Thursday? No, Sunday. The, the night. Pat- Sunday night. Sunday night game. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. The, the Vikings are a Thursday night game. That's right. So Sunday night. That's right. They're playing the Packers, and uh, and he looked uh, looked look ginger. So I didn't think he'd be ready to go in a week, and and I'd be very surprised if he is ready to go on Sunday. Yeah, this looks like someone has tied a board to his leg, and he's trying to still like sell that he doesn't have a board down his pants. That's kind of what it looks like. And uh, mm. sorry, Patrick, you're not fooling anyone. I think your knee is still not in good shape and you're not going to play. I mean, even with the initial diagnosis has him out for a couple of more weeks. So even if he was able to come back before he was supposed to, like Saquon Barkley, for example, with his high ankle sprain, came back a few weeks before, it's not going to be a medical miracle, more likely than not. And if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you should be taking exactly zero risks with this man, not only because he is your franchise, he's probably the best quarterback in the NFL, maybe Tom Brady. He still holds the title because he's Tom Brady. But other than that, this guy is the MVP, and he is going to be an MVP candidate for the next decade plus for you if he plays deep into his 30s. There is no reason whatsoever to put him out there with a mediocre offensive line, if that, against Daniil Hunter, against Everson Griffin, against a team that is very good with blitzing and hitting the quarterback. That would be the last thing I would want to do if I were Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs is put him at risk at all to win a game that you don't necessarily need when you look at the rest of their division. Well, that and it's you got to think long term here, and uh, and also that Matt Moore played well last week. You know, played really well, uh, went toe to toe, and and so you know they got a good backup, and there's no no reason to rush this thing. So yeah, I got to think as as Vikings fans, we're going to see Matt Moore this week, not Pat Mahomes. Uh, but uh, it doesn't mean that ticket price has gotten any cheaper uh, <laughs> down there in Kansas. Yeah, I just we might go down there this weekend and short drive here from Omaha, about two and a half or three hours. And I was looking for some tickets for my son, and uh, holy cow, that's going to be a uh, that, that that's a hot ticket uh, to get into Arrowhead. And it's I've been there a couple times uh, for for a football game. Uh, obviously, pl- my first ever preseason game was at Arrowhead. The return of Marty Schottenheimer uh, to, to Kansas City. So, and then you know, I've been there a couple other times for some games, and actually was there for a U2 concert a couple years ago. So, it is an amazing place to go watch a game. Uh, I-, I think, as far as outdoor stadiums is concerned, uh, maybe maybe one of the top two or three in the NFL. I mean, Green Bay is a special place. I really do think Kansas City is a special place to watch a football game. Should be a great matchup. Nice I-35 Midwestern matchup. Um. Edge, an underrated guitar player for you too. Like you know, some people you, know, you get that kind of crowd who's not really heavy into rock, but they're like, oh, like you too, and you're like, oh, soft. But they do have a very good guitar player. Uh, let's talk about Matt Moore a little. Some people think Edge is you too, actually. Yeah, he's you know. great. He's great. Yeah, they're they're singer. I mean, I'm glad he like saves the Dolphins Bono. and stuff. I mean, he seems yeah. like a fine individual. I've never been a huge fan, but I have a respect for a very creative guitar player that they Bono have. Bono seems to hang out with the global leaders whenever I see him in the news. So, you know, I think that's how he sees himself, the, a global leader. Yeah, you're kind of like the uh, Nebraska version of that, I guess. No, not really. <laughs> but that's just fine. <laughs> um, let's talk more about Matt. Get it? More about Matt. This is going really great places I like so far that. in the show. Run analysis, you two, and now... Stupid puns with Matt. Well, that Moore. can be my. Uh, that, that can, I, I'll, I'm going to use that little phrase at the end of the show today in the journeyman quarterback segment, and I'd like to talk about Matt Moore. And if I have one more uh, piece of information, I'll, I'll say a little more of Matt. <laughs> 
So if there's any reason to hang around until the end of the show, I'm, I'm going to pick out a different journeyman for the end, uh, but I'm excited about that. Well, let's talk about him, though. I mean, he's 35 years old. He didn't even get in a game last year, and it looked like his career is over. You mentioned on Monday that you, I don't even you think were, he was on a team last year. Yeah. Like, I, I, he, he was out of foot. He didn't play football. He completely took the year off which is a classic journeyman quarterback story by the way of like being a backup in a place for a long time calling it quits then somebody gives you that phone call it's similar to our friend gus ferrat who was going to retire and then the vikings said hey you want to come back up this young guy tavares jackson and then he ends up starting 11 games well you know we joke around about how bad like sometimes the starters are in the nfl it's like oh man you know the nfl really doesn't have like 32 bona fide like franchise quarterbacks and and so it's like well imagine what the backups are like you know right. there's some good right. ones and then that thing falls off pretty quickly to where it's like well we can go with the sixth round draft pick from Appalachian State or this guy who's like 37 years old and you know we can just pretty much show up and you know sort of execute a basic offense and that's a lot more than maybe that rookie from Appalachian State could could execute so, so it, it can get pretty thin there in the second half of the uh the backup quarterbacks too Matt Moore had a pretty darn good game against the Green Bay Packers it started out a little bit wonky for him and the offense and then it seemed like Andy Reid started pulling out all the stops and he goes 24 for 36 two touchdowns 267 yards and they were in the game and I was mad at Andy Reid for taking uh, the ball out of Matt Moore's hands. That's how well he was playing on a fourth and three and deciding to punt it away. So, it, it, okay. Good, I, I've always, so I, I got my cup of coffee with Matt Moore, and, and it was in 2011. And I was down in Miami, and it was actually the end of the season uh, with the Vikings. I was literally there. For, I was literally there for two weeks, and uh, um, the starter had just gotten hurt, so he was like an IR. So Matt comes in, and that team was. I think they were zero and like six or zero and five when I showed up, and then we lost those two games. I was there, uh, and then I went basically back on injury reserve. But um, uh, he played decent in those two games but then blew it up after that and he was actually at the end of the year he was named like the team mvp uh and, and he played the team the guys loved him he is a you know another journeyman backup thing is he is a extremely likable guy mm-hmm. um and he's got tons of confidence and it's but it's not like it's not like at all like cocky like it's like I think Baker Mayfield's super confident. I think Matt Moore's super confident. I prefer Matt Moore's type of confidence. Uh, and a lot of people probably can't tell them apart, but but I like the way he plays with energy. Uh, he brings energy to the to the table, and, and I think guys play better with him. Um, he's super tough. He's got a, a good arm, and he's accurate. Uh, what he will do is he's sort of this hot cold quarterback. It seems like why it's why he wasn't a long time starter in the NFL. He did start for a couple years on some different teams, but he will have a game where he throws three touchdowns, but then he'll have those games he throws four interceptions. So he's sort of like a streaky quarterback, and and uh, so he was playing a, really well a few years ago. Played a playoff game. Uh, a few years ago, and uh, got knocked out. I think at Pittsburgh, but uh, you know he, he has always been a quarterback that if he plays well, uh, you know he plays like a top fifteen guy when he really plays well. But then he also has those games where said he you know he'll throw three or four interceptions. Yeah, and to your point, if you look at his career, he has some unbelievably good performances, including one in two thousand nine against the Minnesota Vikings. Six games in his career with quarterback ratings over one hundred and twenty, and he won all of those games. So for the Vikings, this is 
not a guy where you could go in and say, oh, there's no way he'll beat us. I mean, they already got beat once this year by a journeyman backup quarterback in Chase Daniel. And so the combination of Matt Moore with all of these great playmakers that Kansas City has and Andy Reid and his creativity, the Vikings should be concerned because they have not been a lockdown passing defense like they have been in the past. Maybe you can explain, Sage, how Andy Reid does it. I mean, the man has been around for a really long time. It seems whoever plays quarterback for him, he raises the level of their play. And here's a crazy Mahomes stat for you. Uh, last year and this year, he had the most percentage of throws to open wide receivers of anyone in the NFL. Now you add that with his outrageous talent, and what you get is an MVP. But it always amazes me. There's there's the hot coach, the young guy. We need him to have a beard and look like Sean McVay and everything, right? But then here's Andy, Andy Reid. The exact opposite. He's still getting it done. What what is it? What does he do? Well, I think a couple things. One, first and foremost, offensive line. He is a fantastic offensive line coach. I think he finds good offensive line talent. Uh, and he knows, because in Philadelphia, they always had good lines. And in Kansas City, they're, they've always had, I think, a, a pretty good line. And, and, uh, so that first and foremost, and that's a, that's a big help. You wouldn't believe me how many times there's a good offensive coordinator with a bad line coach who doesn't work out very well. And that online coach is huge. So then secondly, I think he does a really good job of giving quarter, his offense is sort of quarterback friendly where he sort of gives these, you know, like I think some black and white reads and some good quality concepts. But in, in the last few years, he has, uh, added a ton of talent. You know, Travis Kelsey at receiver, uh, obviously Hill at wide, or at a tight end, Hill at wide receiver. They've got the 17. I don't know his name. He is super fast. I mean, he is like Tyreek Hill, you know, type of speed, another wide receiver. They usually, they usually have a good back. Uh, so he has a, you know, good offensive line, good concepts and understanding of the game of football. But then he has really added a lot of talent to that roster that he didn't always have, like back in those Philadelphia days. They didn't always have great, you know, wide receivers on those teams, more of a great defense back in Philadelphia. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Freddie Mitchell wasn't exactly a superstar, and then the, Fred they, X he and, delivers, and they get, <laughs> and then they get uh, Terrell Owens, and they end up in the Super Bowl with Andy Reid. And so when you start to break this down, this matchup, how this is going to go, I think it begins there with what is Andy Reid going to dial up here? And the weakness of the Minnesota Vikings defense this year has been their two corners, which has not been the case in the past, but Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes. And I've noticed that the way that teams attack them is a little bit different where with Xavier Rhodes if you run a 10 yard hitch you're wide open every time against Rhodes because he just can't stick the foot in the ground and accelerate like he used to to be able to knock those balls away so even Case Keenum who doesn't have a strong arm for those throws is getting wide open receiver after wide open receiver and then with Waynes it seems like the NFL has picked up on the fact that he was never great at playing the ball he makes a good play every once in a while but Aaron Rodgers used to attack him this way. I remember in the 2016 game, he went completely off uh, by throwing against Trey Waynes because he doesn't always get his head around. And Mike Zimmer has mentioned this to us before to play the football when it's on the way. And he's got great athleticism so he could stay with any receiver. He can run with them. But it seems opposing quarterbacks have realized, you know what? It looks like he's on him, but if you throw it anyway, your receiver might be able to go up and get it. And I don't know how much of it, Sage is Rhodes is just getting older and injured, and Wayne's um, has been around a while, so maybe they're figuring him out. But these two guys are the weakness, and when I look at the playmakers that the Chiefs have, I think this game has shootout potential to it. 
Yeah, there are, listen, I, one, the Chiefs' defense isn't great. That is one thing. Their run defense is one of the worst in the NFL, so that's going to be an important aspect of this football game. And if you go back to that AFC championship game, uh, the, the Patriots, that's how they won the game, is they slowed it down. They were getting four, five, six yards on these runs, and that just kept the ball away from Pat Mahomes and the high-powered offense. And it, it slowed they said it slowed that game down, made it a, 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 a tighter ball game, so they couldn't sort of run away with it with all this speed they have on offense. But, you know, they do have an extremely explosive offense, and they've got fast guys on the outside. And then they got a really good tight end on the inside. So, if you know, if you go cover two and, and play your safeties wide to help out with those corners and play over top. So, you know, guys like Waynes and, and Rhodes can maybe, you know, undercut uh, you know some of the routes and have some help over the top. Then that leaves you with the tight end Travis Kelsey all by himself working over the middle, and you know he's a handful. You know whether it's a safety guarding him, a, a a linebacker, but even corners you know struggle with him because he is he's tall, he's athletic, he can really run, and uh, he's he's great out of his breaks. He's got great hands too, unbelievable hands. Catches balls down by his knees sometimes. So it's sort of a pick your poison. You know, type of team, and you know, I'm not sure. Uh, you know what? It, it, listen, like Zimmer's sort of the expert here on how he sees his guys, and you know, if they're going up a, a, a taller guy, uh, like like some of those Packers receivers, or shorter guys like these Kansas City receivers, I'm interested to see what he thinks. Uh, you know, w- w- how that matchup works with guys like Tyreek Hill being smaller, uh, and you know, is he going to have Rhodes on these long post routes? Like that's a problem. Rhodes can't keep up with guys like Tyreek Hill. So, uh, you know, or is he going to try to play like cover too and try to help those guys out and you know we'll, we'll we'll see what he does, but it's, that should be a big story in this ball game, a big matchup to watch. Uh, is is that uh, uh, Kansas City receiving core versus that Vikings cornerback position? Yeah. I also think that Eric Kendricks' growth and his great season will be tested by this team. Um, that they seem to know how to move linebackers and manipulate linebackers. And the play the other night against Green Bay, where they ran two guys on a what looked like a shovel pass type of action, they faked the shovel pass, and the linebacker is drawn in, and Travis Kelsey is wide open. You could see a ton of that happening against the Vikings to try and take advantage of aggressive linebackers. Yeah, he makes... Uh, defensive players, in particular, like linebackers and safeties, he sort of makes them make decisions. Uh, you know, whether it's runner pass or some, they always have some trick plays. They love the, um, the jet sweep type of stuff or the jet sweep within a pitch going the other direction. So, you know, imagine seeing that as a, uh, uh, you know, as a linebacker. And sometimes they'll do things where they'll like pull a guard with the jet sweep. And so, you know, a lot of times these linebackers, they're following guards. The guards will take it to the action. So if someone's pulling out to, to my right, I'm going to run that direction, but the ball actually goes the other way. I mean, they they do some things to really put these linebackers in a tough spot, and and all, all three of those guys, and actually probably two, a lot of them in the game, there'll be a lot of three wide receiver sets. Uh, those guys are going to have their hands full. Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels here on Purple Daily. When we come back, I'm going to help you or allow you uh, to participate, Sage, in a game that we've played before um, called, what do we call it, like uh, Vikings Law and Order? Uh, I want to make the case, each of us. For, yeah, we got that. Don't worry. Okay. Um, for which one of these two teams um, has a better chance at winning the Super Bowl this year, the Vikings or the Kansas City Chiefs? So we're going to make the cases when we come back. We'll play a little Vikings Law and Order. Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels here on Score North. North Memorial Health has over 400 care providers. That's right, more than 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you 
healthy. North Memorial Health is proud to partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They're more than a team at North Memorial Health. They're your family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. That means a big smile when you walk in the door. That means making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. So step up your health care game today and find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. Once again, that's northmemorial.com slash family. On Purple Daily, our coverage is represented by two separate but equally important groups. The reporters who gather information and the analysts who criticize the team. These are their stories. That's right. It's time for Vikings Law and Order. Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels. Sage, you have never been a part of Vikings Law and Order. It was invented because uh, me and Judd Zolgad are big Law and Order fans, but I wanted to bring you into this one because these two teams are both flawed, but they're both very good, and they both have some chance, legitimate chance, to win the Super Bowl. So I want us to make the cases, and then maybe we can have Jonathan decide who made a stronger case, for the Minnesota Vikings to win the Super Bowl and the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Which one would you like? I can do either one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Do you? uh, Should we flip a coin? Who wants to start here? Do you want to start? Go ahead. Okay, I'll start then. Then my case for the Minnesota Vikings to win the Super Bowl is when I went through last year and looked at the expected points added. Of course, I'm going to go a statistical route. The expected points added for teams that went to the Super Bowl on offense and on defense. You'd be stunned to know that usually they're good at both things, right? Shocking. The team, like, what's the real model to win? It's being good at everything is the model to win. Uh, and the Vikings right now are top 10 in both offense and defense, and they are an explosive passing attack. They can run the football with everyone, so when people say you better be able to run and play defense in the playoffs, well, they could certainly run with Delvin Cook. And on the defensive side, they may have some weaknesses, but they are still causing a lot of havoc for opposing teams. They have superstar Pro Bowl players. And that's what ultimately wins. And then let me add this one little tack on. This is the Jack McCoy where he said, one more question or one more point to make. And my point would be Dan Bailey has been the special teams player of the week twice now. They can kick. So the, that's your Vikings case. They have an explosive offense. The defense is still very, very solid. And the kicker can make field goals. And if you have all those things, you have a good shot at going to the Super Bowl. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs, who last year came within minutes of getting to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have a decent, have a better chance than the Minnesota Vikings of getting to the Super Bowl because, one, the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, who currently is not healthy, but will be healthy at crunch time. When we're talking December, we're talking playoffs, I believe he will be at 100%. They have one of the most explosive offenses in the National Football League. And they have threats at wide receiver. They have threats at tight end. They've got a good offensive line. 
And they have a defense that I believe will improve as the season progresses. Yes, currently they aren't ranked high in run defense, but they are a decent pass defense, uh, and they have the head coach, probably most importantly of all of them, a head coach who has been to four Super Bowls, and uh, or has been to one Super Bowl, four, four NFC Championship games, yeah. Yeah. and has all that playoff experience. So for me, the head coach playoff experience and the quarterback position, and probably the most another important aspect is the route to get to the Super Bowl. The NFC is swamped with good teams, and the Vikings may not even win their own division. Meanwhile, the Chiefs just have to go through the Raiders and the Chargers and the Broncos, who I all expect to be done in the coming weeks, just to get to the playoffs. It will not be too hard. And once they get, get there this year, I believe the AFC is down. The NFC is a better conference. So the Vikings are going to have a very hard road to try to get to the Super Bowl. Okay, that's true. I, but I think if, if I'm cross-examining here, what I'm going to say, Sage, is that Kansas City, if they lose with Matt Moore this week and Mahomes has to sit out a few more weeks and they fall behind and do not get home field advantage, here's your big problem. The New England Patriots are 8-0. They've allowed 61 points in eight games, and you are going to have to go to their place. Last year, they had to go to Arrowhead. Robert Kraft made a little stop off in Florida and then went to Arrowhead. And... uh Tom Brady was still able to beat you there. And I know that they got some bad calls and things like that, but it was still uh, the Patriots. So you think the Vikings are going to beat probably either at San Francisco, at New Orleans, possibly at Green Bay or at Dallas? Those are going to be tough games to win on the road. I think you can do San Francisco because they have Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. I think you can do Dallas. Um if they have to go there, I don't know how it would play out, of course, but if they have to go on the road. Uh, but the Vikings can also have a much uh, better chance, I think, with the way the second half plays out, of getting at least a home playoff game to start, and then you have to win one game on the road. Now, if that's in New Orleans, that's going to be pretty darn tough. But if it's in San Francisco against Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, we saw what Mike Zimmer did to Jimmy Garoppolo the last time they faced off. I think Garoppolo threw a pick six and then another pick to lose the game, and, in, and the pick six was because he was confused by a Zimmer blitz. So I you know I, I think that they can handle San Francisco in a in large part, but New Orleans How many would be times really would tough. you see Joe Bosa stripping or which <laughs> Bosa brother is this? This is the other uh, Bosa. They have Nick Bosa, Joey Nick Bosa, Bosa plays for the Chargers. But we, we'll, I can see him stripping the great Kirk Cousins we'll, two or three times. We'll, we'll see sure him we'll see the other Bosa strip cousins in a few weeks in Los Angeles. <laughs> um but with Kansas City, if they've got to go on the road to New England, even on the road to Baltimore, on the road to potentially Indianapolis, I tell you on what, the though, the Chiefs schedule, the Chiefs schedule, the uh, after the Vikings, they got the Titans, who I'm not, you know, they don't have a quarterback right now. They're trying to figure that out. The Chargers, I think they're pretty much done. I think the Raiders aren't that good, um, and uh, uh, they do have to play the Patriots. I think they go to New England. That should be a really fun game. They got the Broncos, who have just sold their best re- or given their best receiver away their best receiver, I should say. The Bears, who I think will be completely done by that point, and then the Chargers again. So, I mean, they, they after the Vikings, they literally have, I believe, one like legitimately tough game. Of course, it's the Patriots. So I do agree with you. The Patriots, they're looking so dominant right now. I don't see anybody beating them. 
but I think the AFC is just so, or I'm sorry, the NFC is just so deep. Oh yeah, uh, that's gonna be hard to to get to the to the big dance. Uh, yeah, you know, whoever wins that uh, uh, the, the NFC this year will will definitely come battle prepared or battle tested, as they say, into the Super Bowl. So my last criticism of Kansas City because I do think that they have a legit chance to go to the Super Bowl because of who their quarterback is, and that's where I'm surprised you didn't go in your cross examination was, hey. This quarterback gap is still pretty significant between Patrick. Oh Mahomes yeah, the cross examination. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Um, the second aspect of the Law and Order. <laughs> yeah, that's right. By the way, who is your favorite uh, district attorney, Law and Order district attorney? Do you have one? Oh, I mean uh, Jack McCoy, no question. Peter Coyote. It was was he early on the show? Like really early? He was. He played Mike LaSalle. Oh, who was okay. A district attorney. He was for one of the original uh, DAs on that show. But I always loved his name, Peter Coyote, and I think he's like a <laughs> super, super hippie. Like my mom had some book that she re- that he wrote or something like that that she read one time. I think he was uh, he was out there, as they say, a little out there. Peter Coyote, great name. Okay, I don't know a lot about him. I started watching the show like season five, six, seven, and that's when Jack McCoy is the. Uh district Jack attorney McCoy. Yeah. gotcha and he's yeah, yeah. he's pretty good that's uh Sam Waterton or whatever his name is is it Waterton okay uh what Waterston Waterston all right yeah. Any, anyhow uh this is my but this is my last point though about Kansas City they are number two in offense by expected points added they're 24th in defense and if they go into the playoffs with a defense that looks like it has over the last few years or the last few games, especially allowing Aaron Jones to do whatever the hell he wanted the other night against Green Bay, I think that's going to be really tough to get all the way through the playoffs with a defense that isn't just like mediocre. Okay. I think you can win with an average defense. I think it's really hard to win with a defense that is bad. I mean, and, and this is why I would pick the Vikings for this week is. With the Vikings playing this way on offense, I think it's going to be really, really hard to get in a shootout with them if you cannot slow down Kirk Cousins and Delvin Cook. Well, yeah, that's what they say. You know, offense sells popcorn and defense wins championships. And uh, <laughs> the Vikings historically have have had a good defense. And I still believe they do have a very good defense. They're, uh, you know, we've talked about their, it seems like a weakness is that corner position, which they've invested so heavily. I mean, there's three first-round draft picks and millions and millions of dollars at that corner position. And, and they're not, uh, you know, living up to the bill right now. So, you know, the Savies, I think, are playing pretty well. Very happy with those guys, and I think the line, I mean, I think Kendricks is playing great, and the defensive ends have just been uh, a nightmare for opposing offenses this year. So you, you love having that defense, and and I, you know, the, I think the most improved aspect of this team has been the offensive line. I mean, Kirk's played better, but I think it's because one, not going against great defenses, but the offensive line has vastly, vastly improved, and and uh, you know that style of football is conducive to winning. Uh, when you come playoff time, when you have that match of a, an offense with an identity, which this team definitely has, and a defense that is very, very good and keeps teams from scoring a lot of points, and that this team has that too. So uh, it, it's interesting. A lot has changed in the last month, and we'll see if the Vikings can uh, keep this thing rolling uh, this weekend. So I was reading an article today from 538 that I wanted to run by you uh, about how this is the year of crazy large betting lines. I mean, remember uh, when I think Miami went up to Buffalo and Buffalo was maybe a 17 point favorite or something or wh- whatever it was. Washington, I know, was 16 and a half coming here to U.S. Bank Stadium. And my thought about this season is what makes it stand out different from many others is the gap between good teams, mediocre teams, and bad teams. 
is as large as it's ever been. There have been years in the NFL where you're like, well, I'm not sure who the best teams are. This year, there is no question about who the best teams are in the NFL. I think all the power rankers have everything about the same. I mean, everyone has San Francisco, New Orleans, the Vikings up there, the Patriots. Everyone's got the same teams at the top and the same exact teams at the bottom. And I wonder as we go along... How that continues to play out, like does it get worse for the worst teams? Some of them sold off parts, like you mentioned Denver. Some are benching their quarterbacks like Cincinnati and Denver essentially benching Joe Flacco and not having him play through a neck injury. So now Brandon Allen plays the Vikings. I think it's going to be really hard when we get to the end of the season and go into the playoffs to say, all right, how do these teams really match up against each other? Because most of every team's schedule has been beating up on mediocrity. You can almost go through anybody. I hear this argument about almost every team that I follow on Twitter with they their writers. They haven't played anybody yet. They haven't yet. played anybody. They haven't played anybody. They haven't. That's because there be is hashtag. nobody. Right? The Patriots, nobody. they haven't played anybody yet. You know, right? like, they haven't played anybody. They're undefeated and they're blowing everybody out for the most part. And they won the Super Bowl last year. But sure, they're they're overrated. You know, they did, I read you, did I read you who the Bills have beaten and their schedule that's coming up i i heard they haven't played they haven't played anybody yet <laughs> listen to this this is wild listen to this they have beaten both new york teams cincinnati tennessee with Mariota, and miami those are their wins and they lost to philly and new england their next four games are against washington cleveland miami and denver <laughs> i mean they could be nine and two without playing a single team that is even slightly good just because of their schedule. And people will say, I'm sure, uh, hey, look at this team, and they're the the surprise in the league and all those sorts of things. Like, not really. It's just kind of how the schedule played out. But I think that's going to be one of our biggest challenges as we go down the stretch here, figuring out who's great, who's not great. And at least with the Vikings, we have three or four games where we're going to have a shot at that. But that that ups this game, in my mind, quite a bit, Sage, because I think, hey, look, an opportunity to see if this team is actually good. I think you have three types of teams in the league right now. You've got good teams, i.e., like, the Patriots are a very good team, but I think the Vikings are in that group, and I think Seattle's a good team, and the Ravens are a good team. I think there's good teams. The Chiefs are a good team. Then you have teams that really aren't good, but they're just better than the really bad teams. And so there's, they end up being about seven and nine, right? They're, they're not even like average, but there's just so many bad teams out there. And then you've got a fairly large group of them that's larger than normal that are just bad football teams. And, uh, I, I do have to wonder if the NFL is a little concerned by some, I mean, the Bengals are almost always bad. Like, that's hard when you have a franchise that regularly loses. The Browns are almost always bad, and there was some hype, and they're still bad. They're 2-5. and five. The Dolphins and the Jets have just been terrible year after year uh, for a long time now. Um, you know, the Chargers usually aren't that good. They're sort of the, you know near the bottom uh, you know, of that AFC West. And so, you know, there's... There's a group of like just sort of bad football teams, and then they had those teams in the middle, which I, which I think are pretty good, which are okay teams, but they're really not even that average. And, and then you've got like sort of the, the mix of about five or six, seven teams that I think are are, are really good football teams and going to be tough to beat. And and the, the Vikings are definitely in that group. And but they, there's there's some interesting schedules out there, uh, and there's some matchups uh, of of some some really bad teams that. I think Mina Kimes spotlighted somebody. It was, it was Miami and somebody at the end of the year, and it was like, oh, it was Miami and the Bengals, oh. like week 16, week 17. And it's just, you know, t- you know, two teams with no wins, and, and you know, now 
Now the uh, uh, the Bengals be going with their you know with with uh, their backup quarterback. So I mean, there is some. It's it's an interesting year. There's it's not. I don't think teams are tanking, but I think teams are building for the future. I don't, you know, I guess there's, there's, there's probably the same thing, but obviously what Miami is doing, I mean, Miami just paid, what was it, the Ram, the Rams wanted to get rid of Tlaib, who's on IR, because they want the cap space, so they, they, tr- they trade a fifth round pick and Tlaib to Miami to basically get rid of cap space. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting, uh, you know what what these what these bad teams are doing to try to get these draft picks uh, for the future years. So yep, the Brock bad Osweiler, out there. we call it. That What's was that? That was what uh, Cleveland did with Brock Osweiler, where they traded for him, and Houston had to give up right a pick just to take him off their hands. Yeah, which, they the sixteen million dollars. There's so I think a journeyman four and a half for million for a, I guess a fifth round pick is worth four and a half million dollars at least to. The, the Miami Dolphins, it was, and so um, you know, but the, you know, Miami's a hundred, like their their salaries way way low this year, so they're probably looking to spend money just to get to the like the, the cap minimum or something. So uh, it is an interesting year. There's some really good football teams out there, uh, and they're just blowing blowing out these these bad teams, and there's sort of these teams in the middle um, that that to be honest, with you, I don't think they're all that great. And uh, you know, we'll see how things progress as the year goes. But uh, I see a, a couple teams who have a chance of. You know, maybe only winning one, two football games this year, and and that's not good for the NFL. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we've got our journeyman quarterback of the week, which is starting more likely than not for Kansas City. But also, I want you to give some journeyman quarterback advice to Baker Mayfield. Because today, Baker Mayfield got into it with the media again, and he stomped off of his press conference because he was mad about a question, and then he had to go right to Twitter and say, no, it's actually your guys' fault, reporters, um, and you, you guys are making up a narrative about me, and this has sort of become very typical of Baker Mayfield. So I want you as a not only a quarterback who was in the NFL for a long time, but also played with some of the greats to ever do it, including Brett Favre. I, I, I want you to give Baker Mayfield some advice on how to handle this going forward because he still has a really good chance to be a great quarterback in the NFL. This might be a bump along the road, but he's going to have to get this together, how he handles the pressure. So let's talk about that and our journeyman quarterback of the week. When we return here, you'll listen to Purple Daily on Score North. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business? Visit FederatedInsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Jonathan here with this hour's Score North downloads. Score North has already run contests of $50,000 in cash, and we're regularly giving away tickets to local games, gift cards to local restaurants, and much, much more. But in order to reap these rewards, you must have the Score North mobile app available for free in the app in the Apple or Google Play stores. Michael or Mike Zimmer took the podium today and discussed why they kept Holton Hill on the roster despite his eight-game suspension open the season. It didn't really cost us anything to keep him. So, I mean, there was really no reason to not. All right. Well, that was short and simple. Thanks. Zim, he was also asked then what he saw from Holton Hill to keep him on the roster outside of the cost. He's he's a talented guy. He's got the size and length and speed. Um, You know, there was times he played pretty well last year. So, um... 
you know, like I've said before, you can never have enough corners, and you know, we got one sitting there for a while, and you know, because you never, you never, I mean, you never know. I mean, we've been fairly healthy, but uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen after eight weeks. That's your score on Tomlin. Now back to Purple Daily. It seemed like there was a lack of urgency there or something going on. There was a penalty, so we were negative yardage. Yeah, but there was a lot of time between snaps. Uh, well, when the penalty happened and we're behind the chance. No, 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 stop saying but. I just told you the clock was running and we had a penalty. Do you want to give them the ball back? No, you don't play. You don't know it. That's just plain and simple. Was I happy with the drive? No, we didn't score points. It's the dumbest question you could ask. What? Jesus, Tony. Oh no no it's not I I've heard I've heard dumber questions for sure um, Baker Mayfield there having one of multiple meltdowns throughout this season and their schedule as we were talking about in the last segment sets up for Baker Mayfield to play much better in the second half and be like see showed y'all uh, but Sage I, I'm at this point looking at Baker Mayfield like I'm just not sure he can handle the heat and in college. He acted like an entitled doofus a lot. And in college, you get away with that. Just ask Johnny Manziel. In the NFL, it's really hard to pull that act. And Mayfield has been all about that. So I want you to just just take a minute and just tell Baker Mayfield how he, how he should approach his future here. Because if he keeps trying to fight with every media member who criticizes him, then I think he's just going to spin himself in circles and he's not going to have a great career. Well, I think uh, a couple of things here. One... You know, Baker playing the Big 12 Conference, playing at Oklahoma. And Oklahoma, other than maybe Texas, but I think it's even better in Texas, they have so much talent. So he has been walking on the field uh, until he got to the NFL with, you know, a better hand than everybody he's playing against. Mm-hmm. And I, listen, I think Baker is a really, really good, uh, it, it could be someday a really good quarterback. He's got a lot of things that I love uh, from a physical you know, attribute perspective. He's accurate. He usually makes pretty good decisions. He, he's actually a really good at he, he He runs extremely well. He's quick. He can throw from all different angles, all these things. Um, but, you know, the NFL as a quarterback, it's when you're a franchise guy, you sort of have to get this bigger picture. Like, I always thought when I played like Eli, he was playing the marathon game. And not like marathon the season, because a season is a marathon, but like a marathon career. And if, you know, Baker acts like this for the next, um, you know, 15 years, I mean, he's going to have a highlight reel of doofus press conferences, or however you describe that, acting like a doofus. Um, so you have to play the marathon game. You have to play like the CEO game. And you're going to listen. The, I, I think it's funny when he said, well, how would you know you didn't play uh, to the member of the media who, you know, may not have played football at all. doesn't mean they don't like football and haven't learned a lot about football and, and can't write about football or, or whatever they do. But that statement right there is, you know, uh, uh, most media members didn't play football at a high level in college or even the pros. A lot of coaches. So it's didn't. just sort of a just sort of an easy shot that yeah. you know that media members can't make back, you know, at him. Um, and so you know, I, I just that sort of abrasive attitude. Uh, it's not the way I was raised, and my dad would, you know, he'd call me immediately after that press conference and. And, uh, you know, I, I would change the way, that's the way I was raised, uh, to, to not act like, she, my dad wanted me to never have a hat on during press <laughs> conferences when I was being interviewed. You know, he didn't think it was proper. So, um, I don't think you talk to people that way. And, and, you know, when you're the quarterback of a, a franchise,
size and of a city and of a fan base of millions of people, uh, you have to sort of, I think there's a, there's a leadership quality there uh, of how you conduct yourself, how you treat other people, no matter how they treat you. Sort of the, you know, when they go low, I go high type of thing. And, and, you know, obviously Baker's never had this type of frustration before. Yeah. Um, he was expecting it some of his rookie year. And they had a little bit early, but then they got rid of Hugh Jackson, and they had actually a fairly decent season. And so, you know, I think, and then all the hype of the offseason, and then they get Odell Beckham, and, you know, I sort of look at Odell as a similar, you know, type of mentality, I think, or, or whatever, as, as Baker, and, and they're losing. And losing brings out all the bad. Losing brings out all of the short fuses and sort of the worst of you. It's like sometimes when people drink too much, like the worst of them comes out. Well, losing does that too sometimes, and I think we're seeing that aspect of Baker. And, I, again, I, I think he's everything is in the short game. He's trying to win that press conference today. Mm-hmm. That's what he thinks he did, and he actually lost it by a ton. Uh, and it's uh, you know something that somebody's going to have to have a conversation with about him, and he might just be this way forever. Um, but I just uh, and it probably can help rally guys sometimes. But you know other players on the team who are not acting like this, who are getting the same ridiculous questions, uh, that gets old after a while, and uh, you end up talking about the quarterbacks press conferences rather than talking about you know whoever they're playing against in the AFC North. So uh, I, you know I. I, I, again, that, that style of leadership to me hasn't been too successful. Uh, you know, whether it's high school mm-hmm. football or basketball or, or pro- professional, whatever, I've never really seen that, that type of abrasive leadership work. Well, and you said it, professional. Like, I mean, I think that there are some people in media who love the entertainment of someone who does stuff like this, but, um, you know, as far as being the front door to your organization, an organization that has a pretty bad rep to begin with, uh, you're not representing your organization as a professional football player very well when you do that. And I think also if you panic, everyone else panics. I mean, that's like a leadership one-on-one type of that thing, felt, right? That felt stressful, didn't it? Yeah, that's like right. I, I watched that uh, during the commercial break, and, and he, he looked intense. I'm sitting there going like, it is Wednesday. You know, 11 a.m. or whatever that press conference, you know, over the lunch hour usually or something like that is when you have access to the media. And he is super intense. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just not good to sort of carry. It's like, you know, you see someone who's got a lot going on in their life. They sort of carry it around with them mm-hmm. all the time, you know. And it feels like he's carrying a lot. And, uh, you know, and not surprising to me. This this is, like, this is the least surprising thing I've heard all day is that at 2 and 5, Baker Mayfield had a, you know, what I would consider a bad press conference. It's right. it's right on par with everything he's ever done in the past. All right. Uh, we are late to the break, so why don't you just give a quick shout-out. Journeyman Quarterback of the Week, he's starting. It's just great. Journeyman Quarterback Week for me, Matt Moore. Matt quick shout-out. Uh, reading up on, on him today, actually went to UCLA out of high school, was there for a couple years, started as a true freshman, actually, uh, and uh, did not play football in 2004 after his sophomore year, took a year completely off because he wanted to transfer, and then I'm getting drafted because uh, in minor league, uh, uh, major league baseball, the, the Angels, a scout saw him play in some semi-pro baseball game <laughs> in the summertime. and yeah, which is a pretty me got drafted, but then he ended up uh, going back, and he almost went to Colorado State, went to Oregon State, 
and had a really good senior season uh, of which they won 10 games and, and won a bowl game and and uh, and end up you know being an undrafted guy and end up on the Dallas Cowboys and got cut and they were trying to pick him on the practice squad and but the Carolina Panthers signed him off uh, basically what was going to be the Cowboys practice squad and he's only played for three teams though so he's had a pretty good stint there in Carolina and then he was actually in Miami mostly as a backup to Ryan Tannehill uh, for about six years and now he finds himself uh, starting quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs about to play the Vikings in a huge matchup a year after retirement. Pretty crazy. Right. So uh, that that is uh, the nuts and bolts of Matt Moore. Yep. And uh, when I heard he was going to be starting, I made sure that I'm going to be in Kansas City uh, this week for a journeyman starting. Not for Patrick Mahomes. I, I booked the trip after Matt Moore took over. Oh, I, yeah, I absolutely. Well, now, I will <laughs> say this. Listen, as as backups go, uh, there's not too many of them that I would want to have playing quarterback uh, yeah. you know ahead of Matt Moore yep. he's a he's a good backup quarterback and I said when he is on um, he can be uh, you know almost a pro bowl level guy he is he's a really good athlete still and and got a big arm and, and can be accurate but you know he he uh, plays a little sloppy sometimes too and he'll throw it to the other team all right Sage on Monday you and I will break it all down I look forward to that thank you for your time sir should be a good one. All right. We'll be right back. Brian Murphy's going to drop in. We're going to talk about Chiefs and Vikings as two very similar franchises when we return. And then Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus coming up at 320 to tell us just how good the Vikings actually are. We'll be back here on Score North. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Purple Daily. We have to prove everything. I think that uh, all this is right now is just put ourselves in a position for these last eight games to mean something. But uh, the eight games will tell the story. You know, if, if we get the job done and win some of these critical games, you know, it'll be a great narrative and a great, great story as we get closer to the end of the year. But, you know, if we don't win these challenging games, then that certainly drives the narrative too. So the work is all out in front of us, and these are some tough games. You know, road games against really good football teams, you know, the, the challenge is on us to prove that we belong. And uh, we said it last year as well that if we didn't get the job done, then we didn't we didn't belong. We didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. And so uh, we've got a great chance here with eight games to to, uh, to prove that we belong in the conversation at the end. Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins there, Matthew Collar, and now we welcome in a man of all media, Brian Murphy, former Pioneer Press columnist. I don't know how you want me to intro you. We've done this like five times. I'm just like, I don't know. You know Brian Murphy, right? I would say hired gun. That's a little sensitive this week, oh, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. Uh, yeah, just a, a free agent. Just uh, trying to connect the dots here. We didn't really discuss, and it wasn't on the list of things to talk about, but J. Ron Kurse, um Mike Zimmer was very upset today, and mm-hmm. he said about J. Ron Kirst that he was really ticked, and he's tried to do a lot of things to turn around the reputation. Clean of it up. Vikings I mean, team. he did acknowledge that it's it's been a bunch of heathens here before he got here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there were many notable things that happened. Nationally uh, renowned. Right. And so Zimmer acknowledging that that used to be an issue, and it reflects on him when somebody does something like this. There is a little bit of the, um, you know, on ESPN, they do the come on man thing. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, okay, you know, driving at .10 is not advisable. I wouldn't say do it. I would also say it's slightly above the legal limit. So, not something that's going to land you in jail or even really make that many headlines. You'd be like, ah, well, you shouldn't have done that, buddy. Garden variety DUI. Going around a guardrail to get on 94. Yeah. We've all wanted to, yeah. but you can't. Yeah, you and should. Yeah. Then should. having a loaded gun with you. like With uh, 28 rounds. Yikes. And one loaded in the chamber. 
Why? And Hughes apparently saw it or didn't see it. It was in the back seat, and he didn't know why it was there. Of course, he was busy leaning out, vomiting. But yeah, yeah. So uh, not exactly. And who's the unidentified female? Uh, Is she going to come forward? Do not know. Um, maybe the Pioneer Press can find out. Your former employer. They uh, do great investigations like that. Did she play in Super Bowl four? <laughs> Oh, yes. Anyway, so um, it's just it's it becomes a little bit of a distraction, a thing that is in the news cycle because. Well, he hasn't played much lately. So, I mean, that kind of lessens it a bit. But you're right. It it does fill the vacuum of the news cycle because nothing was going on after the weekend. And and, and unnecessary um, to have that type of weaponry with you, probably. I I mean, like, I'm not judgy about the way that people handle their own personal business, but loaded with one in the chamber is like, what are you, a hip-hop artist from 2002? At the very least, get a permit for it. Yeah, just, uh, what were you planning on there, buddy? Uh, Anyway, so uh, J-Ron Curse has been a good player for them in a role, and uh, we'll see if the NFL decides to suspend him at some point. Usually these things take way longer than you think. So it'll be like next May, and we'll hear J. Ron Curse has been suspended four games. Be like, for what now? Uh, assuming that there are no other problems. But aside Don't forget, we got that, the buy coming up, though, too. This was, do, this was yeah, a mini buy. Yeah. Now we've got the real thing coming up That's in, right. what, three weeks? This has never had to be a thing since I've been here. Like, you guys who cover the team a lot longer, you're always like, whoa, bye week, watch out. And I'm like, for what? Let me Why tell you how to look up happens. Hennepin County Jail Records. That's a fun I would love task. to find out. You're going to have to show me that. I didn't expect to have to know, but now I feel like I will have to. Um, But anyway, putting that aside, so that's a little bit of a thing that's looming this week, uh, Mike Zimmer's frustration over that. And I thought his statement was typically Mike Zimmer level honest. And I will go as far as to say that when I see what the Astros did, for example, and I, I see how the Patriots have handled certain things in the media, I would far prefer, and I think everybody would, who doesn't like being insulted, I guess, anybody would far prefer the head coach of the team come out and say, uh-huh, was mad, yep, right. don't want that, was that's stupid. unacceptable, that was I believe stupid. stupid, yes. Yes, I respect that. He does that's not insult we us, do. we're all adults, you know. I mean, but again, it's pretty... It's pretty simple when you got a reserve player uh, with a loaded gun, with no permit, 28 rounds of ammunition, drunk, uh, with his drunk teammate vomiting out the back seat. Uh, not speeding, not weaving, not not failing to signal, no, trying to get on the freeway that's closed. I mean, uh, that, that's a series of decisions that are going to be questioned, uh-huh. uh, and, yep. and you, you open yourself up to uh, blunt honesty like that as opposed to, don't try to make something that's not here. This never happened. Fabrication. Right. right. Fabrication. <laughs> Fake news. Or, or just Bill Belichick refusing to answer questions about Antonio oh, Brown. Right. Like, did yeah. you guys know? Why did you sign this man when he had these issues? I don't think Zimmer would ever say, let's just talk football. He could come close. But he even answered another round of it, too, at the very end as yeah. well. I think yep. confusing or conflating Holton Hill's situation maybe with... J. Ron curses, but either way, he doubled down on his stupidity remarks. Right, so. exactly. Treated and, everyone like an adult in the room. I, I, and I think that that's how you show your fan base that you respect them enough to talk that way instead of trying to cover it up. Or act and, like it never happened. Right, be condescending. It's like, okay, well then, we'll just tell the story for you, Mike. Uh, but it, instead, he comes out and says exactly what should be said, and I guess, in a way, sends a message to everybody else, like, yeah, I'll stand up here and rip you too if you do it. And to, you know, to Curse's credit, I mean, I'm sure he was, you know, told he's you have to go do this, but I mean, on Monday, he came out and fell on his sword and was very uh, 
uh, apologetic and at least was made available uh, right away yep. Uh, yep. to get out in front of it as much as he can and and take your take your medicine and uh, he's going to have a court hearing. There'll be another round of coverage and uh, if the NFL weighs in, there'll be another round of coverage. But uh, you know that's that's where we're at in this day and age. So let me ask you uh, first before we get to Vikings and Kansas City and some of their similarities as NFL franchises. What's your, what was your favorite? Like, what was your favorite? This guy was arrested because he did something really stupid. Viking story. Oh, love boat. The whole love boat scenario. Uh, it's I don't believe any anybody got arrested for that. I believe there were citations issued. Um, yeah, I think Mo but, Williams paid like a seventy-four dollar fine or something. Uh, I, the, the greatest detail that came out of it, and I are I you sure you can say some of the? Maybe not on the Wikipedia. You, there's some very graphic. Brian details. McKinney uh, had a piece of equipment uh, that probably I sh- should not bring I, I, up on a family good, radio you're station. You're fine. Right Let's there. just say, just leave it right there. Uh, when you get on a boat, a family-owned uh, pleasure cruise. It's important to have one of these available okay. on you because yeah. you never know when you might need one. Uh-huh. You never know when a bunch of hookers from Atlanta are going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> and you might need uh, something double-ended sure. that might oh, come wow. in handy. Yep, You're getting so, closer to it. Anyway, so let's uh, I'm getting close to the flame and I'm done. Back away, back away. I'm done. Would, uh, well, would... the original Wizenator, uh, Ontario Smith, <laughs> yes. trying to get through the uh, Minneapolis security at the airport. There's some great ones. Um, and it you know i mean not that this really not that there's anything wrong with it or this should matter but it was my understanding too it was a caucasian wizenator <laughs> so not only were you trying to sneak it through security it wasn't quite matching up to oh. you know so mm-hmm. the, the, i do remember that um you know randy moss nudging the parking yeah. attendant uh outside of the garage downtown minneapolis you know just a little love tap with the hood uh, as she was writing a ticket, I believe, for yeah. him, or telling him you can't turn into here. Uh, he said, no, no, right. Moss, I'm going to do what I want to do. Just keep going. Um, yeah. this, this team has an assorted history of these Yeah, issues. I mean, there's been some really nasty, ugly stuff, but there's also just been some comically just <laughs> weird stuff. Yeah. Um, this, this one doesn't... Fred Smoot! Fred Smoot yeah. in a parking garage, and the stairwell was being serviced after a game. <laughs> Uh, got caught by a cop doing that. I'm I'm being as vague as I can here. Show here. Being as vague Um, as I can. Yeah. It was all reported. Yeah. It's all in the record. It's all out there. Yeah. That's why just having a loaded gun and having your friend puking his guts out the side of your car doesn't make the top 10 for most hilarious or bizarre. No, And I want to know who the mystery woman is. Will she come out? Uh, She's going to get a Twitter deal. Well, find out will she show up at game seven of the world series behind home plate perhaps Uh, and uh did see that (laughs) um so let's talk about these two teams because i love this matchup uh and on the credential can i show it to you yeah i know that i like that you're going to arrowhead yeah i know um i will show you this credential which still says espn 1500 on it but look at that like it's got the old school helmets. Oh yeah, that looks like from Super Bowl four right yeah, there. Right, it, the Tarkenton face guard. Yes, and, and just like these are classic logos, classic teams. And aside from early success, and I mean very early success in their franchise, super similar to having great teams all the time. They get right to the precipice of excellence, and then they find some way to not win. I mean, Marty Ball is classic, right? Marty Schottenheimer. Every time he would get just 
right there yeah. and have a great AFC team. Championship game letdowns. I mean, they had a 13 and 3 season with Steve Bono as their quarterback. Steve DeBerg, too. Steve Remember DeBerg? DeBerg? Yep. The, I mean, the 90s where they could only get so far. They had a game with uh, Joe Montana, quarterback, where Bruce Smith basically ends his career, knocks him out of the game. They have legendary players all over the field Derek Thomas, Neil Smith, Marcus Allen. And yet, no Super Bowls in recent history for the Kansas City Chiefs, and it feels so much like the Vikings. Like they're they're relevant all the time. They have an incredible home field advantage. They are one of the great franchises to ever exist, but just cannot in at least any time recently for Kansas City get over the top. It's kind of remarkable how good you could be for this long and not make it happen. And not even back into a Super Bowl at some point. Because you mentioned the home field. Everybody talks about the Arrowhead mystique, and I've I've only been there once. Um, but it is, it's a great scene. It's a great vibe. For an outdoor stadium, that place can rock, and it can be very intimidating for visiting teams, and it has been for 35, 40 years. But um, you mentioned they seem to be, I, I don't know if they're so much snake-bitten, but they haven't been able to show up in big games, and a lot of it's been because of their quarterback play. You know, they had Montana on the back end. Bono, they just kind of wandered around with him and got into the playoffs. Steve DeBerg was about 90 years old uh, when he was playing for them and starting and thriving. So you wonder if Patrick Mahomes could be the the key that unlocks this. Um, you know, their division is wide open for them to, to roll through. There's nobody really doing much in the AFC West at all. They're in a position... Uh, they did luck out. Mahomes didn't obviously have season-ending surgery. I mean, there's still this mystique about whether he may even play next uh, next Sunday. Yeah, so, probably not. No, I think it's pretty wise that he doesn't. A neologist tweeted at me and said, A neologist. Not. Yeah, well, I said earlier there was a video out there of Mahomes trying to run, and I said, I'm not a neologist. But what, When was this, before the game the other night? Um, no, just today at oh, practice okay. with them warming up. But, they leaked a video? Yeah, well, it's out there. You're allowed to take video if... This is the way for the Vikings, at least. So probably with Kansas mm. City too for the first ten minutes of practice. Oh, that's right. So the warm-ups. I'm sorry. They, they took stretching video yeah. of the warm-ups and a real neologist named Ryan, who follows me on Twitter, um, he said that he would be really surprised if Mahomes plays with this particular injury. And he said, even though these guys could be superhuman, um, he should probably like just get healthy and have. You know, of course, a, a long career when he's healthy and not risk. It's it week to, nine. To it's not week sixteen. Yeah. This is not a winner take all type situation. You are playing the long game here. I would assume so. Um, although you know, Matt Moore, <laughs> uh, he's okay. Matt Moore better than you think. But let me um, real quick. We had a few people call Jonathan. It was Dwight Smith who was. Oh my um, God! I just his, smeared Fred Smoot. Thing. Well, but it's oh. Fred. Fred Smoot had Smoot some, did other things, didn't yeah, he? He had some things. I Somebody think he, help look him oh, up. Please help Fred, me out. Fred I don't want to get sued. Fred was proud of Smoot was on the boat. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's tarred. He, Never mind. He was the one who was really happy with um, the the boat. I think it was really honest about. He might have been. He, he might have been involved yeah. with the uh, the hiring of the talent from Atlanta. Well, I better I better not say anymore because be. I'm just throwing details on the wall. Now. I don't think Fred's going to be mad about it. Um, but I did get somebody tweet at me Smith in the stairwell. Yeah, that's Smith. So, Sorry, uh, Fred Smoot. I was asking Sage Rosenfels earlier this question, and we played a little law and order and made our cases for Kansas City and the Vikings as Super Bowl contenders, like legit Super Bowl contenders, and which mm. team has a stronger case. And he made the case for Kansas City. I made the case for the Vikings, largely based on the fact that the Patriots still exist in the AFC, and the Vikings would not have to play them until the Super Bowl. 
but also, Kansas City actually has a lot to play for here. I know that you mentioned that their division is garbage, and it most certainly is. They're going to win that division, but home field advantage when you play at Arrowhead is a huge deal. And if you have to make the Patriots come there again with less of an offensive line they had last year, maybe Brady's a year older, you have a much better chance. But if they have to go on the road, which looks like it's going to be the case, and the more that they lose... It, it becomes more and more realistic. I think that's really tough for Kansas City, even though they're a very good team. So you weren't making the case whether the Chiefs would beat the Vikings in the Super Bowl. You're just making the case that they're going to get there. Which team has a better chance? Oh, all right. And well, I think it's, I think it's probably because of Kansas City's quarterback. It's probably them, regardless. I, yeah, he's a playmaker, right? Yeah. I mean, he's going to make he's going to make some, the difference in some games that are going to come down to it. I, but you're right, though. The, the Arrowhead advantage didn't do much last year. I mean, it blew up in their faces. Uh, I like him as a year, you know, a year more seasoned. Uh, is that right? A year, yeah, yeah, a year yeah. more seasoned. Um, don't bet against the Patriots at all, though, ever. Um, right. I did last year. The Vol- the Wild were actually in uh, Vegas the weekend of the conference championship games, and I bet against the Patriots, and I'm still regretting that. And I'm only bringing it up because I saw it in my suit coat pocket the other day. I hadn't worn that coat since I was in Vegas and was painfully reminded of that that bad choice over there. Many bad choices that weekend, but that First was among them. First bad choice ever made in Vegas. <laughs> Involving money, no less. Um I like the I, I don't I'm not buying into the Vikings getting into the Super Bowl right now. I mean, I like the fact that they they've they've played well their last four games. They're building confidence. They're uh they're rally they're closing ranks around Kirk Cousins, but I mean we 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 argue Kirk Cousins every week on this show. Uh he needs to show up on the road uh against a team in the second half and do something. He needs to, you know, rally them from a deficit on the road against a playoff contender. Sorry, Kirk. You're going to have to keep jumping over these bars that we keep putting out there uh, right now. And then this this stretch right here where they got Dallas and following Kansas City uh, and then Seattle looming as well. Uh, I want to see how they walk this gauntlet before I, I have any sense of whether or not they're going to be playing on the first weekend of February. Yep. I think it's fair to make him jump over more hoops because he bars. Has, you go through uh, hoops. Bar. OK, through hoops uh, over bars. Just because the criticisms were not, can you beat Washington? Like, that was never a criticism. I mean, from some of the national media, they acted after he lost to Chicago like he could just never play quarterback again. But he's always beaten the bad teams. It's can he go to Kansas City and beat uh, the Chiefs? Well, we're going to find out what his odds are when we talk to Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. Coming up next, he, uh, I believe, is a Chiefs slash Vikings fan. Like his life fandom is with these with two both teams. Of them. So, yeah, oh, this right. is exciting for him. We'll talk to Eric Eager when we come back. Here, you listen to Purple Daily on Score North. They're very, very explosive offensively. They got a good return game. They've got uh, really fast receivers, athletes, runners. Defensively, they're a team that takes the ball away. They've done a great job in the red zone as far as uh, turnovers in the red zone. And uh, they've amped their blitzing up the last few weeks. And so uh, we're going to have to play really well uh, on the road to win. Head coach Mike Zimmer there giving his breakdown of the Kansas City Chiefs. Matthew Collar, Brian Murphy here on Purple Daily. We welcome in our friend Eric Eager. This is big for you, Eric. Kansas City and Minnesota. I will send you a picture because we're not supposed to tweet out a credential, but I'll send you a picture of how great it is with the old helmets and the Vikings matching up against the Chiefs. Like, this is an awesome matchup. Absolutely. You know, uh, a rematch of Super Bowl four, the, the, the only time the Minnesota Vikings have been NFL champions. Uh, they somehow didn't uh, get the Super Bowl, but 
uh, yeah, a great matchup between two uh, you know storied franchises in the NFL. And not only that, but at Arrowhead Stadium, I just, I don't know, it, maybe I, I'm hoping it rains, so it's just muddy <laughs> and anything else. So we were talking earlier uh, before you came on just about which one of these teams has a better shot to go to the Super Bowl or to win the Super Bowl. And if you're making the case for the Vikings, I think it starts with talking about the Patriots being the biggest roadblock for Kansas City. To say the Vikings have a better chance, you sort of have to say, well, the Patriots are going to be there, and Kansas City's probably going to have to go on the road. But uh, as far as the Vikings' chances, how much have they jumped over these last four weeks with outstanding offensive performances by the Vikings? Uh, a lot, man. You know, in terms of you know what predictably wins in the NFL, I mean, the Vikings could not have done a better job uh, over the last you know four weeks in terms of taking it, an offense that was very much a, a running game. And, you know, relying on a defense, two things that aren't particularly predictive, aren't particularly stable, uh, and turning it into a, hey, let's uh, accentuate the best thing our offense has to, has to offer, which is the receivers uh, and the running back out of the backfield as a receiver. Uh, you know, they move themselves not only in the standings, uh, you know, uh, in the right direction, but also fundamentally. They're doing things that win football games now, uh, and it's shown uh, through, you know, the, the month of October. Uh, all this, Eric, all this uh, intrigue and subterfuge and, and uh, talk about whether or not Mahomes is going to play on Sunday, is it all just part of the, uh, we're not going to let you have any edge whatsoever, you're going to have to prepare for two quarterbacks, or do you really think there's a chance he'll be out there? Well, I, you know, there were there were some chatter that he would play last week, and, and I know that that never materialized, um, but... You know, he does, as Matthew tweeted out, he doesn't look great out there running around, but, you know, reports are that his, his knee didn't sustain any sort of like, uh, substantial damage other than the fact that it's loose from being dislocated. Uh, I do think there is a chance that he'll play. The interesting thing though is from the perspective of the playoff or sort of leverage condition, this isn't a huge game for Kansas City. It's outside of the AFC, which, they're not going to get into many tiebreaker situations, but the difference in their playoff probability between a win and a loss is only 9%, whereas if you turn that on Minnesota, it's 14%. So this is a much bigger game in many ways for Minnesota um, than it is for Kansas City. The AFC basically already knows which five of the six teams are going to be in the playoffs. Um, and so I don't think we see Mahomes simply because, you know, for them falling to five and four and four straight losses at Arrowhead is actually not as big of a deal uh, as, you know, injuring Mahomes would be. Talking with Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus, Matthew Collar, Brian Murphy. So I mentioned that Matt Moore can be pretty good, and Brian scoffed. So I want you to tell me what we should think of this wonderful journeyman, Matt Moore, who has been a backup for such an incredibly long time. Like You could have easily forgotten that Matt Moore was still playing football. He just came back in August, or that he had been the backup in Miami for such a long time because he really only got a handful of starts there. So. What did last week against Green Bay tell you about how he can play against the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, as somebody, so, you know, I, I've made an effort to go to Chiefs games in the past. The first ever Chief game, Chiefs game I went to was a 31-3 loss at the hands of Matt Moore and the Dolphins in 2011. So I know how good Matt Moore can be. In fact, in that season, he, had a, he basically earned his team 1.4 wins above replacement. Uh, after taking over the job from another Chiefs backup, Chad Henney. <laughs> and, uh, Amazing. So he, you know, he's, he's been like a pretty solid backup quarterback in the NFL. If you remember, he started a playoff game in 2016 for the Miami Dolphins. 
He actually, you know, accounted himself pretty well in that game. Um, and then last weekend, the Chiefs on early downs ran play action half of the time, right? So they deceived, uh, you know, they used deception. Uh, honestly, they're a shady McCoy fumble uh, as he held it like a loaf of bread while running between the tackles uh, away from, you know, probably at least putting that game in overtime, maybe winning it. So he can be very good. And, and you know, I think when people look at the betting market, they actually made a, a basically an eight-point adjustment for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and it ended up, you know, probably not being, you know, it probably ended up being too big. Um, because I think Matt Moore in that offense with Andy Reid is much closer to the 1.5 wins above replacement player that he was uh, with the Dolphins, even in a later stage of his career, than the zero wins above replacement player that he would sort of imply having come off straight off of uh, the street uh, prior to week one. So, Eric, uh, Andy Dalton turned 32 on Tuesday, uh, the same day his boss, uh, Zach Taylor, decided to switch uh, to rookie Ryan Finley. So uh, the 0-8 Bengals can can look to the future. Wait, does it matter to you that it was on his birthday? I was like, I mean, my thought when people reported that was, he's not 12. It's it's still a conversation piece. It doesn't matter. I'm just trying to ask a question here, and you're stepping all over it. But when do birthdays start becoming like, who cares? (sighs) I think like... 22. At any rate, Eric, I'm sorry you have to hear all of this. Uh, your time is valuable as well. Um, sir, I, you know, he, Dalton came out today and said, of course, he's disappointed and, and he's going to do everything he can as a teammate to stand in there. He doesn't agree with the decision. At, and that the very least thing the Bengals could have done is announced it maybe a day before the trade deadline as opposed to an hour or two before the trade deadline because maybe some other teams might have been interested. Would some other teams have been interested in, in Andy Dalton, you think? Yeah, I think fundamentally Dalton played pretty well last season. He didn't have a whole lot of help. Um, you know, Marvin Lewis was sort of on the way, um, uh, on the way out and, and he hasn't had a whole lot of help here. If you look at just like, even you look at teams in their first, you know, 15 plays, uh, the Vikings, Chiefs, Packers, Ravens, some teams that you would expect to be good are good. The two teams that are, in my opinion, the, you know, by the numbers opinion, the worst are the Bengals and the Jets. Now, if your offense is in any sort of like graph and you're sitting next to the Jets, um, you're not doing a great job. And I know Dalton sort of deserves some of the blame for that, but he's without his best receiver. I mean, like A.J. Green's one of the better receivers of his generation. Um, you know, Tyler Eifert can never stay healthy. Their offensive line, they're on their third line. Like Andre Smith couldn't cut it for the Vikings three years ago, and he was their starting left tackle for the first few games. So, like, I think there's a lot there there that, you know, I don't think Dalton's great, but he could certainly help a team like the Bears. Uh, he, you know, um, I he could help a team like the Steelers, frankly, although the Bengals probably never trade him to the Steelers. Like he could have helped the team. The problem is, is in the NFL right now, there isn't a whole lot of those middling teams with bad quarterbacks. It's more of a team that's more, you know, more or less in the tank uh, versus teams that are pretty good. Um, you know, and, and you know, I don't think Mahomes is going to be out very long. So I don't think the chiefs would have wanted him either. So it was just kind of a, a bad beat for, for, uh, Andy Dalton for this to be the year he lost the, the Bengals starting job. Eric, speaking of quarterback carousel, it's kind of wild how much different could be next year at the quarterback position after going into this year, feeling like a lot of positions were filled and there weren't a lot of spaces for quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater is the most obvious candidate for teams to chase after. There was a 
report from Bleacher Report today that he's going to make somewhere between 20 and $30 million a year after going 5-0 and and showing that there's a lot of old Teddy um, there. Where do you think is the best fit? Like, How should Teddy approach this? Should he say, you know what, I'm going to stay with New Orleans no matter what. I'm going to be their future quarterback even if Breeze says one more year. Should he go to the Chicago Bears if they move on from Mitch Trubisky? Like, wh- Where do you think that uh, he ends up and how, how do you think this plays out? Yeah, the tough part, I think, is, you know, is we don't even know how many places are going to be available. So, like, um, you know, Tennessee very well could go with Ryan Tannehill next year, um, even though, you know, he, he's shown nothing as a starter in the NFL. Um, they are very, a, a very Patriots-like organization in terms of the head coach um, with, with Rabel. Um, but the, the, you know, where I could see him going is obviously staying in New Orleans. Um, but also like a team like New England might be a team where, you know, there's been some rumors that Brady might retire. He might move on. Um, and can you imagine him in that offense? I think he would be a, you know, tailor made there. There's still, of course, the chance that Breeze retires. And, and I think if you're, you know, a Teddy fan as, as we are, maybe that's the best situation where, you know, Breeze and, and the Saints win the Super Bowl this season and Breeze decides to hang him up and then Teddy uh, assumes that role. I think that's probably the most likely situation that he eventually ends up in New Orleans. But unlike last season, as you said, there are a lot of spots that might entice him away from uh, uh, from the big, you know, from down south. Uh, sticking with the quarterback theme, uh, you may have seen this already. It probably happened in the last hour or so. If you haven't, out of Cleveland, Baker Mayfield, uh, lost his cool a bit in his weekly scrum when a uh, writer was asking him about a failed two-minute drive in their loss at New England. He kind of sniped at him and, and then stormed away from the podium. Uh, you know, Mayfield, look, he's got NFL leading 12 interceptions. The Browns, 2-5, and five, are are crumbling under heightened expectations. How much is does he need to be wearing this? And, and wh- where have you guys evaluated him so far this season? Well, the, the issue with Mayfield is that he's not the biggest problem in Cleveland. I mean, uh, you know, the, the offensive line has been, you know, they, they drafted a guy in the second round last year that they ended up having to trade to L.A. Um, you know, at left tackle, they still haven't replaced Joe Thomas. Uh, and there's been a, quite a bit of drops for him. So as far as our grades are concerned, he's not grading as well as he normally would. Um, but he's not, you know, in the bottom half of the league in terms of, uh, in terms of PFF grade. Um, Freddie Kitchens, you know, you, you, the, the, there was a comedy of errors last week from them taking a delay a game on, on, in punt formation just so that they could put their offense back on the field. There's kicking field goals after taking delay. Of, it, it, there's so many things that Freddie Kitchens, I think, is overwhelmed in doing right now. Um, their schedule is one of the toughest in the league through the first, uh, for the first eight weeks of the season. So there's a lot going against Mayfield. And at the same time, he should be conducting himself better, I think. And so, um, you know, that, that's really the tough one is, is I don't think it's all Mayfield here, but sometimes, you know, that doesn't matter. Sometimes, you know, the great quarterbacks, as you talk about with, with bridge, you know, the, the great human beings at the position, like the Bridgewaters and the, the Brady's and the uh, Mahomes of the world, they overcome these things. And, and for, for Mayfield to really be deserving of the number one overall pick in 2018, I, I think, I think he has to start overcoming the, the situation around him, which is admittedly not great. Yeah, and I always wonder if somebody like this who shows you who they are in college as a person is ever going to be able to change the stripes. We have not seen Jameis Winston really be able to change those stripes. We didn't see it with Johnny Manziel. It's like, well, you know, they're adults by the time they're seniors in college, and if they can't conduct themselves in sort of a professional manner by then, what makes you think they're going to be better when the pressure is doubled or tripled and the competition is much, much harder and much more stiff 
uh, in comparison to Oklahoma having five NFL offensive linemen and NFL receivers and people wide open and five seconds in the pocket. So I I have been a questioner of uh, Baker Mayfield the entire time because the personality part is uh, is huge. Um, Eric, before we let you go, I want you to give me your favorite Chiefs like decade. Give me your, your like recent since say 1990 since Marty Schottenheimer joined them in 89. What has been your yep. favorite? Because they have been relevant That's like two decades. that entire time. No, it is not. I mean, okay, it's two decades. All right, let's whatever. You know what I mean? No, it's not. It's yeah, three yeah. decades. Well, what what what, what math course did you take coming into today? That would be thirty years. All right, last thirty. You make it sound like there's a wide swath here. There of is options. that there's a lot of things have happened in thirty years of football, Murph. My gosh. Once a week, you I'm come just in stepping here. Stepping on your question, I'm just following up. <laughs> All right, Eric, you can answer the question now, Murph. Thank you. Well, I think the 1990. They're very much like the Vikings, where they've been relevant but not championship caliber for probably the last 30 years. Um, the 2000s were a little rough for them, um, but they very much have mirrored Minnesota. Um, my favorite decade, though, and, and my favorite decade has to be the 90s with Schottenheimer, just because of the sheer like post 49ers quarterbacks that they, they trotted out there um, <laughs> yes. with, you know, Steve DeBerg, Elvis Gerback, uh, Bill Montana, Steve Bono. Uh, so they were, that was an awesome. And then they had like these linemen, like Dan Saliamua who would like randomly pick up these fumbles. They were something <laughs> like plus 150 in the turnover ratio in that decade. It was literally the biggest outlier I've ever seen. And, you know, um, and then what was also cool is that Gunther Cunningham was their head coach for a couple of years. He ended up being one of our first post NFL employees at PFF. So just a little bit there. I will say just to, to not answer your question though, the 1986 Chiefs are my favorite team for the Chiefs because they were a team that went 10 and six, despite the fact that their quarterback, uh, you know, despite the fact that they needed eight, like eight to 10 defensive and special teams touchdowns that year, they were the worst team, I think, in the AFC in the 80s to make the playoffs. Uh, and I believe Steve Kinney, like their quarterback. Punts. Yes, they blocked like eight <laughs> yeah. punts. I think Albert Lewis blocked eight punts that year, or something like that. It was amazing. Uh, that's like probably has to be the next one on your YouTube list, caller. That is uh, that is incredible. And I was looking at their numbers, and they're just not even good at all. Like they were twenty eighth in yeah. offensive yards, and they right. went ten and six. Um, the running back era of the nineties is why the 90s would be my favorite for the Chiefs, to have Barry Word, Christian Okoye, then followed by oh, Marcus yeah. Allen. like And uh, Kim, Kimball nightmare. Anders also mixed in there. Greg Hill. Like the, Greg Hill. They were, they were so yeah. great at Marty Ball. Handoff on first and second down. Throw on third with uh, Joe Montana, whatever was left of him. Uh, that was it was great. And Montana would just have these flashes, like the game against John Elway was a maybe a Sunday night game or Monday night game. Is classic. They went back and forth, and Montana leads a game winning drive at the end. Is like, oh, there's just there's only like that small percentage left of the old Joe Montana. But look, we just saw it. That was a great era for them. They were, they were very Vikings like in their ability to make the playoffs with random quarterbacks like <laughs> Rich Gannon and. Uh, uh, Dave Craig, uh, the Vikings were, you know, the Vikings would always make the playoffs with a different quarterback every year and the chiefs followed suit as well. So I don't, I, I I don't remember what year it was in the mid nineties. They were like 14 and two. It might've been the 13 and three year. They hosted the Colts on a bitterly cold day. They lost to Jim Harbaugh Harbaugh at home. (laughs) That was ridiculous. Lynn Elliott missed like three field goals beneath 40 yards or something in that game. It was it, it the, the Indianapolis Colts have had the Chiefs number in the playoffs until last year.
Well, a field goal kicker having trouble in the playoffs, that's very different from the Vikings' history. So, uh, that's where, Especially in the cold. That's where they change. The Spider-Man, Spider-Man meme this week for the Vikings. Uh, Eric Eager, always great to have you on. I know this uh, matchup excites you, whether it's Matt Moore or Patrick Mahomes. So uh, enjoy it, my friend. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, Every week we have someone from Pro Football Focus hang in there through uh, you (laughs) trying to tank the interview. Um, At PFF underscore Eric. You had to mention it was Andy Dalton's birthday. Like, where the hell did that come from? How'd you know it was Andy Dalton's birthday? Did you look it up? No, I just read the story that it was talking about him being disappointed today. They mentioned in the story that it's his birthday? Well, if you're demoted as a nine-year veteran on your birthday, it's it's worth a sentence. Nope, nope. No, no. I mean, it's not for pity. It's no. just saying, wow, it was it's his birthday, and he lost his job. He's 32 years old. Or maybe 33. Did he turn 33? No, or he turned 32. 32. He's 32 years old. Well, you what did you step? To... You stepped no. all over my I... question, too. Well, but I, on purpose, because I would not mention, if I were covering this very great NFL story that he's being benched, I would not mention that it was his birthday. He's a grown-up. Well, I saw if the list If they benched of... a nine-year-old, I'd be like, on his birthday... Can you believe it? Timmy is so upset. Wow. Okay. Well, the master of pros over here. I, you know, the pro football writers list came out of award winners this week. A couple of Minnesotans were on there. I didn't see Matthew Collar. I'm not a member of the. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's a cabal. Writers. Do not do not get involved. This with is that. AM radio. I don't know where you think you are. You write. Scorenorth.com is a great website. You write. You write free. a lot. That's the thing. They should have a separate free category. <laughs> You don't have to pay anything for these jokers. Go here. Uh, Scorenorth.com. It's free. And you can download the podcast uh, when Brian's not on. <laughs> we'll be uh, right back. Continue the conversation. Who do we think is going to win this game? I mean, it, it, it feels like it's um, been a long time since the Vikings played. But after eight games, we've got good looks at both of these teams. And uh, I want to get your take on just how you feel like this is going to play out and what it can say about the Vikings. We'll be right back on Purple Daily. Jonathan here with the Score North download for this hour. The Score North Podcast Network consists of more than a dozen shows from the Score North Twin Show and Raised by Wolves to the Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app, or just search Score North, S K O R North, anywhere you find your podcast. Mike Zimmer took to the pre- or took a press conference today and was asked about how he felt about the J Ron Curse arrest over the weekend. Here's what he had to say. Hint, he wasn't happy. Oh, I'm very, very ticked off. Uh, you know, since I've been here the last six years, I've worked extremely hard to clean up the reputation of this organization, this team off the field. Uh, we put in a lot of resources for them to uh, uh, not have these kind of issues, and for them to do that is really uh, idiotic. That's been your score north download. Now back to the final segment of the day of Purple Daily. Thank you, Jonathan. Uber, also a possibility there for an NFL player who could probably afford to give the full tip. I usually do, if you're taking an Uber. Yeah, well, and Zimmer's referring to resources that are provided. It's uh, generally most teams, I'm sure the Vikings are one of them, free Uber. They'll pay you back for that? Uh, I don't know if it's reimbursed or just uh, call this number and we'll have a driver come take you somewhere. Okay. Yeah, no excuse for uh, having that issue that J. Ron Curse had and uh, Mike Zimmer being very blunt about that. Okay, so the big topic in the locker room today with the assorted folks who came up to the podium was, is this a measuring stick game for the Vikings? And I guess part of that would be 
how much does it matter that Matt Moore is playing instead of Patrick Mahomes. But when you see the Green Bay Packers barely escape alive after playing this team who is really tough in their house, who has a great coach, Matt Moore, not a joke, and great playmakers all over the field, this Vikings defense has had more holes than it has in the past or has given up uh, more success to quarterbacks than they have in the past. And I think this will actually be a pretty good test for them, Murph. I think every game at this point is a measuring stick. I hate to agree with Kirk Cousins' cliches, but wow. I, I believe that's he's exactly right, especially for him. Uh, you know, it, these next four or five of these next games, again, on the road here, on the road at Dallas, on the road at Seattle, that's going to make or break his reputation. It's going to make or break the Vikings' playoff chances probably as well. Um there's not as much at stake as Eric had mentioned uh, for the Chiefs simply because, you know, if they do go with Matt Moore, the bar's lowered again. Uh, it is an NFC opponent for them. They're going to sleepwalk to the division title. Uh, I, but yeah, I think every game at this point, the Vikings, every game is, it matters. I think every game is a, a measuring stick. I'd like to think that their road performance against a quality opponent. Uh, will be elevated here. Uh, you know, again, they won in Detroit. They won, and where else have they won? That's uh, it. Isn't New York. It? Oh, New York. Right. I know that was another sleepwalking affair. Right. So, yes, I do. I do agree with the that theme that it is a measuring stick. But I think they all are at this point. So, um, the way I see this playing out for the second half of the season, after looking a little closer at the schedule at scorenorth.com, free website. Um, And they're getting flexed probably again, too. They're going to have another night game, you think? Well, we'll see. uh, Because you have already four of them are national TV, which, you know, that does put more pressure on Kirk Cousins, and his record on national TV has been talked about quite a bit. They might flex out the Chargers game. That's what I was thinking, is that that one might change to whatever it would be because of the time change. Uh, 3.30 something. 3.30, right. Uh, As opposed to the night game. But if the Chargers get back in it after firing their offensive coordinator, and again, these schedules make such a huge difference where if they play some bad teams, boom, you're back in it. Like Baker Mayfield, you mentioned, he's got a schedule coming up where he could easily get this team right back to 7-6 and or something like that toward the end of the season and be fighting for the playoffs. And everyone will say, look, he turned it around. He was motivated. No, they actually played nobody. Um, But when I look at the defenses that the Vikings are going to face, Kirk Cousins has a great chance to have his best season that he's ever played. In terms of expected points added, which in my mind is the best way to kind of encapsulate a defense, there are one, two, three, four teams that are ranked worse than 20th that they're going to play, including Kansas City this week. And the best defense outside of Chicago that they're going to play is Denver. And Denver is playing Brandon Allen at quarterback Mm -hmm. now. So that's not going to matter much. You don't even have to score much to beat Denver. And it's at home. And then Chicago, Week 17, they may have given up on their coach by then. They might be playing Chase Daniel by then. I don't even know, right? They might have not, not have the same defense or motivation. They may have executed their kicker. Yeah, well, yeah, the kicking game. It's great how that's sort of been transferred. So, like, the, the torch has been passed from the Vikings. Like, no, our kicker makes them now. Now you're the NFC North team that can't make any. Uh, but even though these games are tough, Kansas City's got a good offense. Dallas has a good offense. Green Bay is by far the hardest opponent that they're going to face this year in uh, Week 16. That's going to be at home. Um, so even though they have some challenging games that are coming up in national TV games, I see the schedule as, hey, 
you should be able to go prove it, and you should be able to get yourself into the playoffs. And unfortunately for Kirk Cousins, I think it's going to have to happen in the playoffs, which I know is like down the road big time. You got to do it here first. But this season kind of sets up schedule wise and the wonky nature of how there are much more bad teams than there are good teams in the NFL this year. And the, the six wins the Vikings have had have all been against defenses worse than 20th and expected points added. I look at it as. It might not be until they play Green Bay or until they play New Orleans or until they play someone really great in the playoffs that Cousins can get this. I want to. I don't want to call it narrative off his back because that insinuates that it's not entirely true. But like this thing about him that everyone constantly Stigma. questions. Stigma might be another way to. Is there a word that applies here that doesn't also have the implication that it might not be true because it is true for like four or five years of starting in the NFL. Legacy. <laughs> That's his legacy, right? Yeah, that he's a 500 quarterback. Yes. Um, his reputation, his uh, his baggage, his uh, he's in control. He can uh, he can rewrite he can rewrite his uh, his personal narrative, as it were. I think what's what's interesting uh, that I find you know we're always going to follow the cousin saga, but what's interesting about following this team is they've always had a very good defense, right? I mean, they're they're not exactly 2017 lights-out defense, but they're still a solid, solid defense. I love how they're able to win in multiple ways. Yeah, They've I been agree. able to win with a strong running game and a pedestrian passing game. They've been able to throw the ball uh, and light up defenses that way. They've been able to win defensively. Uh, defense has bailed out the offense. Offense has bailed out the defense. So, you know, they're they're pretty diverse in what they're doing. They're pretty balanced. That should be uh, pretty heartening for fans going forward. I think if they win this game, I will look at it like a better version of the Eagles win. To say it's not a great, great, great team with Matt Moore at quarterback, but that is still a win you should give them all the credit for. A win at Arrowhead. Right. Uh, Brian Murphy, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me again, as usual. Enjoy KC. Get yourself some barbecue. All right, I will do that, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Coming up next, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Game 7 of the World Series coming up tonight. So uh, keep it here to Score North. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.